Have you ever wondered what it's like to get eating disorder treatment in a treatment center or in a hospital? Hi, everyone. This is your host, Amy Geckel, and we are back with entry 16 of the Eating Disorder Diaries. Today, I'm joined by Lucy Saya, a sophomore at Northwestern, who is working alongside many of her colleagues to promote a short film called Blackbird. Project Blackbird is a touring event and film screening that aims to destigmatize eating disorder and mental health conversation within underrepresented communities. They have a mission to connect audiences of different communities to rid ourselves of the shame surrounding eating disorders and mental health. They're currently touring and showing the film in different colleges and universities across the U.S. and are really opening up the conversation of destigmatizing eating disorders and mental health across these college campuses and through the communities. Today, Lucy gives us the scoop about all things Blackbird and also opens up about her own experience with overcoming anorexia in college, and her insight is incredible. I didn't have nearly the level of awareness in college that Lucy does, and we can really learn a thing or two from her. So let's get into it. Here's entry 16, Project Blackbird and Finding Anorexia Recovery in College, featuring Lucy Saya. Welcome to the Eating Disorder Diaries. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so thrilled to have you. And I'm really excited to talk about Project Blackbird because I've been seeing it kind of all over my socials lately. But for those who are listening and haven't really heard about it, tell me about Project Blackbird. How how did it get founded? What's your role within Project Blackbird? Tell us everything. Yeah, so Project Blackbird is a nonprofit 501c3. We were founded in October 2022 by Alexandra Miles. She is an actor, originally an actor and a filmmaker. So in 2021, she created a short film called Blackbird, and it is a narrative short film based on the true story of her own recovery journey. So in 2018, she was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa and admitted to a treatment center in Los Angeles. At this treatment center, she met a young woman named Kendra Williams, who has a tattoo of a blackbird on her neck, hence the name of the movie and also the name of the organization. So the two women on the surface felt like they could not be more different. Um, Alexandra was diagnosed with anorexia, represented the Jewish community and the Latinx community, and was very outspoken when it came to talking about her issues and helping other people. Kendra, on the other hand, was diagnosed with bulimia was a member of the queer community, the African-American community, the faith-based community, and was very quiet in terms of speaking about her struggles. So the two women felt like they likely had nothing in common and probably would not relate to each other on any levels, but they ended up being invaluable pieces to each other's recovery journeys to this day. And so Blackbird showcases, well, first it demystifies what it's like to be in an eating disorder treatment center and to struggle with an eating disorder. Um, something that I feel like when I personally watched the film, it was, you see so many TikToks these days making treatment centers sound like hotels or summer camps where you just like make a bunch of friends and just like have a lot of fun. And no one should 
want to be in a treatment center. You know, everyone should want to be able to be successful outside of one. Of course, sometimes it's absolutely necessary for people to receive that level of care. But I feel like the film Blackbird really does a great job of showing what it is like to struggle day in and day out with an eating disorder. Additionally, it showcases the connection between the two women and how important and vital connection is in struggling with any mental health illness. So specifically, obviously, it showcases their connection and their ties to eating disorder recovery. But I believe that connection is vital in recovering from any mental illness. Yeah, I think that TikTok really does almost romanticize treatment. And I've personally never been in a treatment center And when I was younger, I do wish that I would have taken that step because I meet people in the support groups that I attend who have gone to treatment. And these are people who are a lot younger than me, and they have a level of understanding of their eating disorder and of their healing that I just didn't have. So while I think there is something so beautiful that obviously came out of going to treatment for these two women, you're completely right. You don't want to be in treatment. Like nobody wants to be a spokesperson for, I had an eating disorder and now I'm recovered. If I had it my way, I would have never had an eating disorder. So I think that's really important to acknowledge. What role do you play in Project Blackbird specifically? Yeah. So I'm the director of partnerships, sponsorships, and outreach. So that is my overall title, but me and Alexandra work really closely together on everything from planning and executing the events to finding new ways to fundraise. We're kind of like partners in crime when it comes to Project Blackbird. I've got to imagine how fulfilling it is for you as a young woman still in college. I I just, I, I wanted to start the podcast because I feel called to help people with eating disorders and in recovery. So I think you've just got so much on your plate and it's all amazing stuff. So congratulations. I guess I want to hear, you're welcome. Uh, Tell me more about your experience. So I know you're busy, you're in college, but how are you managing doing all of that, still working on Project Blackbird and, and why do you feel called to work on Project Blackbird? It's definitely not easy managing, you know, being a full-time student and also working outside of that. But Alexandra reached out to me at the beginning of June and told me that she was looking, she was kind of doing everything on her own before. And I think similar to me, you know, we both have very like high achieving personalities, like perfectionistic, feel like we can take on everything until eventually you just break and you realize that you need to reach out for help. And I feel like that's something that I've learned throughout my recovery journey and just life in general. Like I've learned to reach out for help a lot earlier before it gets to the point where I'm like really struggling. But school actually hasn't started for me yet. I'm going to be a sophomore at Northwestern University. And so we we start in mid-September, but I'm anticipating just weaving Project Blackbird into my daily life. Um, a lot of the work that I've been doing recently has just been hopping on phone calls with different universities to finalize dates and times and venues for location. So the one thing though, that I feel like makes it so much easier is that I actually enjoy the work that I'm doing. Like I get like a rush of adrenaline when I get an email back from an organization or from a school saying that they would like to have Project Blackboard on campus, or they would like to sponsor us in some way. Like it really makes me personally excited. And so it's not something that I dread waking up to do each morning. So I definitely think that helps with having a lot on my plate. 
And then to answer your question about why I feel called to work on Project Blackbird. So I was diagnosed with anorexia in 2019 and have had a really long up and down non-linear journey to recovery since then and have been in and out of treatment centers, taken time off school, done some, gotten help in some non-traditional ways. And long story short, I am now on my journey to full healing, full recovery. I've been in recovery for about six months now without acting on any behaviors or doing anything to just like manipulate my life in a negative way. And so I feel so much better than I ever have before, even before I actually was diagnosed with an eating disorder. You know, I thought then that I had such a good life. And now I'm realizing that things can only get better. Things are are finally starting to fall into place for me, I feel like. And so part of what I want to do by working with Project Blackbird is being able to reach other college students and help let them know the unconventional ways that I tackled recovery. Um, because I think so many people who don't or are unable to have the resources or, you know, haven't, don't have the opportunities to go to treatment, things like that. It's very hard for them to figure out what works in terms of recovery. And obviously that looks different for every person, you know, recovery does not look the same for anybody, but I do think that there's something to say about trying new things and trying things that nobody has tried before. And I feel like that's sort of what I did in my recovery. So I, by working for Project Blackbird, I would love to project those ideas and methods that worked for me. You're listening to Entry 16 of the Eating Disorder Diaries with Amy Geckel featuring Lucy Saya of Project Blackbird. And we'll be back right after this break. On the outside, you have it all together. You're successful. You seem happy. But what your friends and family don't see is that you're living in the vicious cycle of bulimia. You know something needs to change. Your health depends on it. But you just don't know where to start. That's where Conquering Bulimia comes in. It's a -a one-of-a-kind online recovery course brought to you by certified eating disorder coaches Sarah Lee and Merritt Elizabeth. They know exactly what you're going through. They've both recovered from bulimia and have teamed up with leading experts to create an online course with over 70 short videos to jumpstart your recovery. Conquering Bulimia is private and self-paced, filled with personal stories and coaching tips that will teach you how to change your behaviors for good. And it's affordable, offered at an incredible discount of 60% of the cost of one-on-one coaching. Break free from bulimia on your terms and start living the life of peace you deserve at conqueringbulimia.com. Welcome back to entry 16 of the Eating Disorder Diaries. This is amazing. Everything that you're saying, I can really relate to, but also just congratulations on your recovery and everything that you're doing. I can only imagine like how fulfilling it feels for you, like any type of eating disorder and healing work where you're sharing what you've learned with other people, that's what fills my cup. So I think that we relate a lot in that way. And I also have a similar story with my eating disorder recovery was never linear. It would come and go. And I thought I was cured, but I had never really shined a light into the traumas I experienced as a kid. I didn't really work through things. So the eating disorder would always come back and I would always be so frustrated. And I think that you saying that maybe you've taken time off of school and and you're on your own timeline and now you're at Northwestern, you're a sophomore. This is so exciting. But I think that it's a really good reminder for people that you're not going to have a good time in college. If you're suffering from an eating disorder, 
you're going to be focusing on your eating disorder. You're not going to be getting the most out of school in general, but also just the college, the fun experience. I, I think I really regret not getting help in college. I didn't even think about going to therapy, going to treatment, getting help for my eating disorder. I was really suffering in silence. School was very stressful for me. I was taking a lot of classes at once and putting a lot of pressure on myself with my high achieving tendencies to like take five math classes a semester. It was terrible, but I was really stressed and I didn't get help. So I imagine there will be people in college who are listening to this, who are suffering from an eating disorder and haven't really confronted it. What advice do you have for them? That's a really great question. And honestly, I wish that I had someone. I think peer mentoring is one of the most valuable aspects of recovery. Just having someone that has been through the experience, similar experience to you. But um, my main thing in this kind of repeats what you just said is you do not have to graduate college in four years. Like you can absolutely take time off. I know so many people that graduate in five, six, even more years than that. And they are doing just fine today and probably not probably, definitely they're much better off than, you know, they were when they were struggling in college. I think you would be surprised at how many people, a big fear of mine when I decided to take a gap year for my mental health was I was worried that I was going to lose the friends that I'd already made at school. You know, they were going to be at school for the next year without me. And of course they were going to build closer bonds. And what if they forgot about me, you know, but people actually have much better like intentions than you think, you know, like everyone especially if you're suffering in silence, people want to help and people don't know what they don't know, you know? So you have to be able and willing to um, express your thoughts, feelings, and struggles. And as soon as I came to terms with the fact that nothing was going to get better until I was open with and honest with my struggles, things got so much better from there, whether it was being open and honest with my therapist and treatment team or being open and honest with my friends from college and parents that just opened up a whole new world. Another piece of advice that I have is I would say you have to prioritize your mental health and your recovery at all points in college, whether it's before you've taken, you've decided to take time off after you've decided to take time off, like your recovery journey always has to be your priority because eating disorders are so sneaky and manipulative that they can take any chance that they get to just come in and like grab hold of your life again. So whether that means, you know, scheduling time out of your week for appointments or sending pictures to someone that you trust and and care about of, of your meals just for the first, you know, couple of weeks that you're back on campus to hold yourself accountable. I think you just have to find what works for you and what feels comfortable for you, but acknowledging that no matter what, your recovery has to remain priority. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think that once I healed from my eating disorder and I entered recovery, I was able to maintain so many more relationships in my life and have better, more honest relationships. To be honest, in college, I would lie to my friends if I needed to go engage in behaviors or something. And it really caused a rift. And I, I was lying to myself. So you said, be honest with your therapist, be honest with your friends. I wasn't even honest with my therapist. I mean, I wasn't even in therapy, but back in the day, I wouldn't be honest. And I was, I couldn't face that I had a problem. And I think that now in support groups and just connecting with people who are in eating disorder recovery or who are still suffering and to hear about 
the thoughts that they have and how relatable they are or the behaviors they have. And it's like, oh my God, I thought I was the only one in the world who was doing this. You start to realize this isn't a you problem. This is an eating disorder. This is an illness. You can get better. And and I think that really shined a light for me because I was able to separate myself from the eating disorder that had been so integrated in me for so long. And I was able to, to treat it like it was the illness. It was like it was a knee injury or something like that. So that has been really helpful. And I think it is important to just echo again you don't have to suffer in silence. There are so many more people that are coming forward with their own story that want to tell you how they've recovered because everyone's recovery journey is going to look different. But I see so many of the same parallels, whether it's meditating or breath work or mindfulness or trauma healing. There's a lot that we can do together to heal this thing and kick this to the curb. And I love that Project Blackbird is is really shining a light on on what it looks like. I just think that eating disorders do not discriminate, and we have to talk about that more. And I, I was actually reading Project Blackbird's website, and I understand that the project aims to destigmatize eating disorder and mental health conversation within underrepresented communities. When I started this podcast. I was honestly shocked to read about all of these statistics regarding underrepresented communities and the lack of care that they get, you know, whether it's people of color being statistically significantly less likely to be asked by their doctor about their eating disorder symptoms. It just kind of feels like they're swept under the rug. I'm wondering if you have any statistics you can share with the listeners that can just help increase awareness of this major problem that is the lack of eating disorder care and awareness in underrepresented communities. Yeah. So that's a big part of Project Blackbird is to reach underrepresented communities um, and individuals that for Alexandra and Kendra, um, something that they talk about on tour is that in their, in the variety of communities that they're members of, it just wasn't really acceptable to speak about mental health to any capacity. So it wasn't even like they knew what the statistics were around if they could even receive treatment because they didn't even feel comfortable opening up to individuals in their community to ask or let them know that, you know, they were struggling. Like it was almost as if like eating disorders didn't really exist in the Latina community. But obviously that's not true because as you just said, eating disorders exist in any and every community. One community that we're specifically hoping to target through our tour this year and Ironically enough, this is males are not, you know, typically an underrepresented community by any means, but in the mental health community, they are. You know, there's a lot of shame and stigma around young men, young adults speaking out about mental health. And so we're hopeful that through Project Blackbird, we have a celebrity guest speaker that comes on at each event. And so our most at our most recent event, Chris Hubbard from the Cleveland Browns was the celebrity guest speaker. And the speaker doesn't necessarily have to connect with the theme of an eating disorder himself, but him or herself, but also th- they just connect to the overall theme of, you know, struggling with mental illness and, or they have a connection to someone that has struggled. So it's actually, we got a lot of great feedback from having Chris Hubbard on board because he opened the eyes to so many young men and college students who were like, okay, it's okay to 
be open about how I might be feeling, whether it's eating disorder related or not. I think that it can be really powerful when you bring someone into the community that a lot of people look up to and feel like they probably have this like picture perfect life. And then they get on stage and they tell you like, this is not the case. So that's how we get people to come to the Project Blackboard events, right? They see the celebrity name on the panel or on the flyer, whatever, and they're like, they want to come. But then they end up connecting more with Alexandra and Kendra and their stories, actually, than they do with the celebrity. But that's what brings them in the door and helps them to recognize that there is no reason to be ashamed of your condition. I think that's really cool and just really exciting that you've been able to reach so many people in the community. And I've talked about going to support groups a lot, but it really just has been life-changing for me to be able to connect with people who have a similar story to you, or you can just relate to mental health struggles and realize we can get through this together. It's not, not normal to, to go through this and is isolating and as crappy as it can feel. And you almost feel alien in a way, you know, that it, it almost gives you hope to hear other people's stories. And I think that that's major what you guys are doing. When can us listeners see Project Blackbird or or what kind of tour are you guys on right now? Yeah. So this year we're going on a college campus tour. So we're hitting around 50 colleges um, across the United States. And the event is around an hour to two hours long, depending on the availability of the university. We can, the film is 24 minutes. And then with the talk back in the journal entry, we can elongate that and make it longer, or we can also, you know, condense it and and make it shorter. So if you're listening to this and, you know, you would like to bring the event to your college campus, our email address is linked to our website, and we would love to bring this event um, to your campus. Additionally, as requested, we are going to different corporations and like large Fortune 500 companies to conduct either virtual, in-person or hybrid events for their employees, just because a lot of companies now, and it's, it's really great, they're, they're doing like lunch and learns and different opportunities for employees to learn more about mental health and community work. So Project Blackboard is filling in in those times. Um, We've done a lot of lunch and learns, and we are going to continue with that this year, just to educate people on, you know, what eating disorders are and how you can find support if you or someone else that you know is struggling with one. So yeah, this year, our main focus is definitely on the college campus tour. But that being said, we do throw in some unique events here and there. So if you have like a unique inquiry, definitely reach out. Sweet. I think that's really a great place to start on college campuses because I'm sure you've already seen it, but I just think you'll resonate with so many people. And I really love that you're also doing corporate outreach as well, because that's another place, myself being in corporate America now, where it just feels like you can't really talk about mental health. I I remember in my mid-20s, I'm 30 now, I had to take a mental health day from work and I felt so ashamed telling my boss at the time. Since then, a lot has changed. And I think that more and more companies are giving employees a floor to talk about mental health and eating disorders. Personally, at my company, I have presented on my podcast and I've been very vocal about my eating disorder recovery. So it's been great to have that acceptance. I think we still have a long way to go, but I do think that People in the workforce need to hear that what you said about in college needing to put your mental health first, that's what needs to happen 
in your entire life, in your day to day. You you won't be able to show up for yourself as successfully if you don't put your mental health first. So if you think that you need help, there are ways to get the help you need. And I think Project Blackbird is really shining a light on that, which is amazing. So I guess what's next for you starting college and well, starting sophomore year in just a couple of weeks and continuing with Project Blackbird? What are what are you guys working on next? Things are definitely very hectic right now in terms of like going back to school. And now we're like, you know, over the summer, it was like planning for everything, but now it's like actually happening. The stuff that we were planning for is actually happening. So some things that I'm currently working on with Project Blackbird is a partnership with the Little Words Project. Um, So for anyone who's not familiar with Little Words Project, they're a bracelet company, a jewelry company, and they put like inspirational words on their bracelets. And so we created a bracelet that says shed shame. And so you can find this bracelet on the Little Words Project website. And then 25% of the proceeds from that generated from that bracelet go towards Project Blackbird. So I work on a lot of um, unique partnership opportunities like that. And then also, you know, right now we're just really in the nitty gritty of like logistical planning for all of the schools, you know, how are we going to get to each school and who is going to be the celebrity guest speaker at at every event. So it's going to be a lot, but I'm super excited for what's to come. Um, I haven't, since I joined the team in June, we haven't had an event since I think it was the end of May. And so I'm really excited to actually be present for one of the events and see you know, the impact and the reach it has on the participants. I think, you know, everything that I've, I've watched live video recordings of past events, but I think it's totally different to actually be there in person. So I'm super excited for that. We will also be at several of the NIDA walks this year, promoting Project Blackbird and selling the bracelets and just giving people connections, other resources when they go to the NIDA walk, you know, they have opportunities to get involved with Project Blackbird as well. That's really amazing and exciting. I wish I could come in person. I'm going to have to look that up myself. I'm thinking if we want to follow along online, does Project Blackbird have an Instagram? Yes. Project Blackbird has an Instagram. It's at Project Blackbird Film. So we post everything, all of our fundraising events, um, all of our new partnerships initiatives, and then we'll be posting information about all of our tour dates on our website, which is www.projectblackbirdinc.org. I'm really excited to finally be able to watch Project Blackbird myself. But for now, I just think it's really important that we're talking about it and increasing the conversation about this. And I appreciate you talking to me all about this. So that's all that I have for segment one. So we're going to get into segment number two. Two questions. One is a recommendation that you have. So anything that you're loving online that you want to share with the world, I always talk about apps that I'm using or YouTube videos or creators or something like that. And then we also have a positive self-affirmation for our second question. But Mm -hmm. for a recommendation, what do you got? Yeah. So one thing that I love doing is just in general in this there's this, I live in Dallas, so there's a specific breathwork studio in Dallas, but um, sound baths are like my new favorite thing. 
So there, it's like a spinoff of like a classic meditation, but it's super awesome. And I would imagine that they have, if they don't have studios, they have like maybe individuals that would come to your house, apartment, dorm, whatever, and like do these sound baths for you or a larger group. Um, so sound baths have been super awesome. I also just love, I do affirmations every morning. Like I have a five minute, um, it's called like a five minute journal. And so I just write in there for five minutes each day and then end each journal entry with an affirmation. And I feel like I ref- the other day I was bored and I reflected on some of my past journal entries and I was like, whoa, like it is so cool and crazy to see like how far you can come in the matter of weeks, days, months, like, you know, progress is like unlimited, you know, like you can never stop making progress and there's no timeline as to like how quickly or how slowly one can progress, you know, mentally and emotionally. So I think that's really valuable too. I've used the five minute journal before. Now I use a five year journal. So it's kind of the same thing, but um, it's just a few lines and you write, you know, today I wrote on September 1st, just a few lines about my day. Last year, I did the same thing on the same entry. So I could see like what I was doing on this day last year. It's also a good reminder for like people's birthdays and stuff, but it's so (laughs) cool to see like what I'm doing each year and how I'm getting different each year. And maybe like I had a bad day one of the years and I go back the next year and like I'm having the best day of my life. So it's, it's another really cool way to see growth. And I've never been to a sound bath. So that's such a good recommendation that I'm going to do because I know that Denver, where I'm from, definitely has sound baths. Workout studios definitely offer them from time to time. So I've heard a lot of good things from my friends who have been to them. So I'm definitely going to take that wreck as well. So thank you for that. Um, So you talked about doing self-affirmations. What are some of them? I, I love just wrapping up with us naming something that we love about ourselves, which sometimes feels awkward, but I literally tell myself I love myself every single day because I spent 16 years hating myself and doing like terrible things to myself and fighting an eating disorder and feeling so much shame. And I don't feel like that anymore. And I think by telling myself, I love myself every single day, I've been able to literally rewire my brain. So I think it's so healthy for us name something that we love about ourselves. So I'd love to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I absolutely. I think that's so awesome. And I love hearing about when other people like engage in similar practices and the effects that it has, because for a while I was like, I could tell myself, like, I love myself all the time, but I'm never actually going to believe it. But eventually you do start to believe it. Like it, it's science. It does work. Um, but for me, something that I always that always helps me is just telling myself that I'm worthy. I'm worthy of love, of recovery, of connection, just of everything. Um, And I genuinely believe that just by being on this earth, you are innately worthy of everything. But recovery and the eating disorder monster makes you believe otherwise. So for me, it's really important to just remind myself of that, you know, on a daily basis. I love that. It reminds me of One thing that I learned when I was studying for my initial episodes in this podcast, I have an entire episode on shame because that's such like an underlying theme in all of our eating disorders. And and you hear about the shame, guilt all of the time and you have to question why. And one thing that I learned about was a shame narrative. And that's basically the story that you tell yourself every single day. So if you're consistently telling yourself that you're not worthy 
or that like you're screwed up for doing all of this and like only bad things happen to you. Imagine if you're telling yourself that every day, you're, you're going to start to believe it. So why wouldn't the opposite be true? Like if you're telling yourself that you are worthy, it's going to come true. Like manifestation is real. I know it's a buzzword, but it's, it's a buzzword for a reason because it's really impacting people's lives. So I think that's really important to shine a light on. Lucy, I really appreciate you coming on before we wrap up. Where can everyone find you? Me personally, um, I will be at Northwestern in a couple of weeks, but I'm always more than happy to talk with anyone, you know, if anyone like is that's listening to this podcast just wants to hear a little bit more about what worked for me. I always love sharing in hopes that somebody else will find similar success. But in terms of Project Blackbird, our next event will be at Savannah College of Arts and Design on September 29th. That is our premier kickoff for the year. So we are right now in the process of getting some news stations to cover the event. So I will definitely be posting those links on my personal Instagram and then the Project Blackbird page as well. I've already seen you online. I have seen you get stations <laughs> before. It's very cool. Uh, well, I really appreciate you coming on. Congratulations on all of your success. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. I think you're only beginning to impact people's lives and, and there's going to be a lot coming for you. So thank you, Lucy. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on this morning. It was so great to talk to you and the work that you're doing is super awesome. Big thank you to Lucy for coming on. She's obviously amazing. She's now back at school at Northwestern and I'm sure she's already killing it. I will share Lucy and Project Blackbird's social links in the show notes. Definitely worth giving them a follow. And if you're in college, reach out to them if you want to see Blackbird streamed on your campus. Thank you all so much for listening. We will be back in two weeks with another special guest and I'll talk to you all then. This podcast was written and produced by me, Amy Geckel, with music from Coma Media. If you want someone to talk to, DM me on Instagram at The Eating Disorder Diaries or email me. You can find my email in the show notes as well. Again, thank you for listening. Take care of yourselves and I'll talk to you in two weeks.